At a time when many forbidden activities were consigned to shadows, it's no accident that the show's most striking musical moment is sung by O'Brien. It goes, let the sun and light come streaming into my life. This open-heartedness gave substance to the camp. The send-up of conventionality captured the imagination of a certain subset of a generation and resonates to this day. I'm Katie Tool, And I'm Sean Reedy. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about music, muscles, and anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> Best entrance in the history of cinema. Period. Like. Period. There is not one that's better than that. No. Like. There are people who only know that scene in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. only know that scene in this movie. Yeah. And it's the first ten minutes of the movie. hmm <laughs> <laughs> The movie in question, of course, is Rocky Horror Picture Show. Absolutely. Um, we thought that for our one-year anniversary show... Fucking nuts. I know, right? Time flies. <laughs> Time has just ceased to exist during the pandemic. Yes. Like, but we thought a proper way to commemorate is possibly, possibly, this is a bold claim, but possibly the gayest movie that is horror or horror adjacent ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can we think of a gayer one? No. No, no. The monster was made up from rainbows, folks. <laughs> Literally. He was made from a rainbow. Mm-hmm. This is gay on gay on gay. <laughs> <laughs> and it is... It is insane to think, like, today, mm-hmm. 2021, mm-hmm. that this movie mm-hmm. that came out in... Tw- and I almost said 2075. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's from the future. <laughs> It's so captivating. <laughs> it's a movie from 1975. <laughs> Do we know? This is a documentary. And I, sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I'll stop. 1975. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's baffling to think that like this movie opened up to very mixed and negative reviews. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like considering it now. Right. Now it is almost universally beloved, I think. Yes. I, I don't know. I feel like the the two ends of the spectrum for this movie are completely indifferent and you've like never watched it or you love it. Like yep. there isn't there isn't another another option. No, there's not. And if you hate it then what's wrong with it? Why are you straight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know plenty of straight people that love this movie too. Yes, very much so. Um but in 1975, nobody had ever seen this before. Right. And I know that I say that about a lot of the movies that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's true. But 
this movie's different in that it's not like these were special effects that no one's ever seen before. Right. Or, you know, acts of violence that no one's ever seen before. The mm-hmm. violence is pretty tame. Yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't... Really, the only violence happens off screen. With, yeah. With the exception of... I mean, obviously, the table reveal. Right. But, like, you you don't see that happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was an entire, like, portion of reality that was brought into this movie mm-hmm. that many people who went to see it hadn't ever even considered. Right. Like, while... I mean, of course, queerness was known. I mean, this was after Stonewall, right? But, like... Right. Most people had never seen a drag queen before. Yeah. Right? Like, it was just a way to introduce, like, middle America to this subculture that was not just about, like, homosexuality, but about, like, queerness on the entire spectrum, right? Like... Mm -hmm. Everyone in this movie is like sexually and gender fluid and they act on that. And it's like people looked at this. They looked at Tim Curry. They looked at Rocky. And they said, what is this? And there were basically two camps of people. Everybody said that. But there were some people who said that in a disgusted way. And there are some people who said that in a really excited way. Yes. And the people who said it in a really excited way are the ones that turn this movie into what it is. Right? Because those are the people who started going to the midnight shows. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, maybe their parents were the people who were disgusted by this movie or maybe right. their, you know, their peers, their bosses, whatever, but it resonated with them because it showed dimensions of like not just gender and se- gender and sexuality, but like what it even meant to be a man or to be a woman and to be sexy. Mm-hmm. Because Tim Curry is sexy. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not it's not because he like passes well. Which I think is like a little too often focused on not a little too often. Way too often focused on way too much mm-hmm. passing as like a sort of like metric of how good you are at drag or a metric if somebody actually is gender fluid or trans, Mm -hmm. right? That you have to like, especially if you're like a trans femme person, Mm -hmm. right? That in order to be considered sexy, you have to crank the femme all the way up to 11. Right. Right. Like you always see like the viral videos of like the, the woman who no one can believe is trans, which is like so insulting to everybody, including that woman. And like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) 
because she's a woman no matter what she looks like. Right. She is a woman no matter what she looks like because trans women are women. But Frankenfurter's not a trans trans woman. No. He's a transvestite. Mm -hmm. Right? So he identifies as male. Mm -hmm. And he does not present as feminine. No. He doesn't present as masculine. Mm -mm. He presents somewhere in between. And it's sexy as fuck. Yeah. And everybody thinks it's sexy. Mm -hmm. The men think it's sexy. The women think it's sexy. Like, and a huge part of that, of course, is Curry's performance. Well, because and he's a he is a genius actor. He's he just is just so committed. Yeah, I mean, he he does. He goes he goes a hundred and ten percent every time, mm-hmm. and. He's just magnetic. Mm-hmm. Like, he has that great entrance. And then as soon as he's on the screen, you can't take your eyes off of him. Mm-hmm. For, like, the rest of the movie. Yeah, there, I mean, and oh, you're not. And I would, but I would never... I would never never deny the greatness that all of the actors in this movie were like. Oh yeah, it's like, a great cast. It is. It is a great cast, but Curry is the shining star. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's the film. Yeah. And if they had had, I think that if they'd had the rest of the cast, as great as the rest of the cast is, don't get me wrong, they are amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie becomes what it has become if Tim Curry's not playing Frankenfurter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he created this character. Yeah. You know, he he originated this character uh, for the stage, and so like this is this is like the original interpretation of what Frankenfurter should be like. Because I think. Most people know this, but if you don't know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is actually based on a stage musical. Yes. I feel mm-hmm. like now we're in this era where, like, stage musicals are based on movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it used to be the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every so often we get one. Like, didn't wasn't there just a Dear Evan Hansen film adaptation then? Yes, that just came out into theaters not yeah. that long ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't do very well. Um, but... <laughs> No, it did not. It didn't. Everybody was kind of like, oh, that's bad. Um, <laughs> I did hear that that musical is great, though. No, the musical is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. This did start off as a stage production that mm-hmm. Richard O'Brien was the one who wrote. Yep. Richard O'Brien plays Riff Raff mm-hmm. uh, in the film, I believe, also in the original stage production. But mm-hmm. he wrote the music and the book, which in musical speak just means like the script mm-hmm. um, for the Rocky horror show, yes. which was the original title. Obviously they added picture show when they made it a movie. Mm-hmm. What's funny is that as a stage show playing to a very specific type of person, mm-hmm. it got rave reviews. Yeah. I bet <laughs> like the same story, right? The same people. Mm hmm mostly yeah right like 
at least the entire group of like antagonists were are all the same. Mm-hmm. The difference was the audience, right? Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't paradigm shifting, right? To the people who saw it on the stage necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was for people who saw it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> but it is funny, like, all these years later, and not only is the midnight showing, the regular midnight showing happening mm-hmm. across, the, across the United States. Probably the world. The world, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, the, but also the musical is still is still mm-hmm. happening. Like you yep. can still go see the musical regularly. You know, it, it may not be a big production, but um, I know in, in our area, they mm-hmm. there's, I know that it's, it's done by multiple theaters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, on the rotation. Yeah. Pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, about being able to see the movie. Right. Right. So there are the midnight showings. Mm-hmm. There are the shadow casts. Yes. Which often yeah. happen at midnight showings. Yeah. Um, but this movie is almost always playing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like more so near Halloween. Yeah. It's usually like the Halloween time of year. Like but, August, September, October. Right. Like, but I have, I've seen it advertised in like April. Yeah. Like it, it is always playing somewhere mm-hmm. and has been consistently for the last 46 years. No big deal. Which makes this the longest running theatrical release mm-hmm. in the history of cinema. It's fine. By, like, <laughs> by a mile. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else that comes close. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, so the other thing that I love that, like, so you have the, the midnight showings, you have the shadow cast, you have, uh-huh. you have the live performances, mm-hmm. but then you also have... The extra features of going to the theater. You oh ha- yeah, for you sure. Ha- you have all of the extra things that these people that these people that have watched this movie and seen this musical have thought of to bring to bring to these showings to throw. Right. <laughs> well, I think okay. So full disclosure, I've never actually been to a midnight showing of Rocky Horror. It's gonna have to happen. And I mean, it's like a major bucket list item for me. Yes. Um, for the record, I would go dressed as Columbia, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yep. I mean, it just makes sense, mm-hmm. but <laughs> or Wendy and I could go as Brad and Janet. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> anyway, um, But yeah, they they uh, would bring all of these extra props. Right. I'm sorry. I think um, what I was about to say is I've heard that one of the things that people bring is donuts. Because there's that great moment that Riff Raff offers mm-hmm. Brad a donut mm-hmm. as if like this is just a normal party. And right. Like, here's a donut. Here, do you want some, some of the food? Mm-hmm. And like they're eating donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so like people throw donuts at the screen 
Yeah. When that happens, mm-hmm. right? Water. I mean, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, they. Uh, th- so I've I've seen the actual musical itself, mm-hmm. like the Rocky Horror Show. I think twice now. Okay. Um, the first time that I went, they actually sold bags of stuff that you would throw. So during the wedding scene, they have rice. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, during the, um, there's a light, Mm -hmm. you have a squirt gun and you have a newspaper. You put a newspaper on your head and you squirt your squirt gun. Oh, so everybody's getting ready now. Yes. However, usually with the actual performance, the actors are walking through the crowd. Mm-hmm. So everyone squirts them in their face <laughs> as they're singing. It's really polite. <laughs> not necessarily. Let, let, let's not actually do that in their face necessarily. Let's just squirt them. But people would do it in their face. And everything like <laughs> right. But yeah. It's, it's not, not a good thing. Yeah. Like really they're singing. Right. It's not easy. <laughs> and then there's uh. There's things that people would yell, like whenever someone said the whenever someone said Brad's name, you would yell asshole. Mm-hmm. Whenever someone said Br- Janet's name, you'd yell slut. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there were all these other fun things that were that you got to actually participate within the show. Right, and that is something that is drawn directly from like. Um, like drag culture like ball culture Mm -hmm. right like that interactivity is something that is drawn from that community like that's how those shows operate like you've ever Mm -hmm. done like drag queen bingo Mm -hmm. right and like it's it's you know they're gonna they're gonna heckle you and everything like that right right so they turn this film screening into that yeah Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And obviously now the, but I'm, I'm thinking that the addition of that into, I don't know this for sure, but I'm thinking that the addition of those things into the live show probably came well after the midnight shows. Yeah, it definitely ended up starting after the midnight shows. It was something that uh, I, and I don't want to say definitely, I imagine it was all very similar time frame Cause if I'm not mistaken, the, I mean, the musical was, created in what 72 um i believe so well i believe like 70 i think it premiered in 73 yeah but like was being written Mm -hmm. in 72 and then came to the states in 74 and then was a film by 75 yeah it was like boom 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 let's go um because it was such a hit Mm -hmm. and I think the other thing, too, is that I think it started off with small things here and there. Like, people would start saying things, and then it just kind of grew from there. Right, yeah. I mean, it, it came from people trying to one-up each other, right? Yeah. Like, if one person talks to the screen, then the... Well, if one person talks to the screen, then the next person's going to scream at the screen, and then somebody's going to get up and start dancing with them, and then somebody's going to start throwing shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the... I'm sure it started with, like, the snacks in the theater, like... Yeah. Throwing popcorn. Mm-hmm. So I know that that's one of the things that gets thrown too is the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, you have party hats for the birthday. Yeah, you put on the party hat when... Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, just just for the quick moment when they're singing happy birthday to Rocky. Right. <laughs> Bring a whole party hat for that. Yeah. But that's the thing too is that I've seen different things 
from different shows. So it's like all these different things that people have added throughout the years. Like it's, it's essentially, it's almost like a lore, not Mm -hmm. really a lore, but like, you know, it's, it's something that like has grown and, and all these different people know different aspects. So like I continuously learn new things about like what people say and these fun little Mm -hmm. sayings that you would do throughout the show. Right. I mean, Um, it's, it's sort of self-sustaining. Yes. In a way. And it's just what makes it all the more fun. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite one mm-hmm. is, um, oh God, there's so many good ones, but I think it's just because it's such a, a such a quick thing mm-hmm. is during the, um, the song that I don't remember if it's called I'm going home. It is called I'm Going Home. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a quick uh, there's a quick lyric of cards of sorrow, cards of pain, mm-hmm. and he's fake throwing cards, mm-hmm. and you actually throw cards, mm. <laughs> and it's just like a quick little do. It's such a stupid for thing, one but line in a song. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're a hot dog, and you throw hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a- <laughs> <laughs> but you better not try to hurt her <laughs> frank <Furter. laughs> you're calling him a hot dog which is like the weirdest insult yes a b his name is frank at <laughs> right mm-hmm. yep it's a weird it's a weird insult but it's pretty direct <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, it's it's very specific mm-hmm. to him. Yes. <laughs> so we're gonna try to resist singing this entire episode. Yep. But first, it is Shock Tale Hour. Okay, that's it. That's the only time we're gonna sing. <laughs> I was gonna say we we literally just broke we the have rule. to sing. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to, but it's kind of the thing that goes with the Shock Tale. Anyway. Um, Tonight's shock tale, our special one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. I would grab a pencil because this one's a little complicated. <laughs> I don't know like when it, I don't know when the shock tales just started becoming like magic tricks, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. I'm on board with all of them. So tonight's shock tale is called The Creature Creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is based on. A pretty standard recipe that like a lot of bartenders bartenders know is kind of like a trick drink, mm-hmm. you know, um, but this it has a little extra to it. This one does require a little prep ahead. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get some tequila. Blanco, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to get some butterfly pea flower tea. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> It's P-P-E-A, for the record, just when you're Googling. It's not what it sounds like. But... <laughs> <laughs> butterflies urinating in my drink. I don't know. Um, you're going to put the butterfly pea flower tea into the tequila, and you're going to let it sit overnight. Mm-hmm. So, boom. There's uh-huh. that. It's going to turn... Bright, bright blue. 
like royal blue. Okay. So you have that. What you do next is you get yourself some grenadine, some pineapple juice, some blue carousel, and some lime juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. To a glass, you are going to add an ounce of grenadine. Now, the order here is very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four ounces of the pineapple juice. And I would, you need to pour these very slowly. So, like, I would say pour it over, like, the back of a spoon. Yeah. So that it's not, like, one stream. Because if it is, they're going to mix yep. instead of layering. So you're making a layered drink, right? So the pineapple juice is less dense than the grenadine. So it's going to float on top if you do it right. And then you're going to grab your blue curacao. You're going to water that down. Like an ounce of water to like half an ounce of blue curacao, right? Because you're trying to make it less dense. Right. And then you pour that over the pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. So you have your red from the grenadine and then where it starts to mix with the sort of yellowish of the pineapple juice, it becomes orange. And then you have the yellow of the pineapple juice. And then where it mixes with blue curacao, it becomes green. And then you have the blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now what you're going to do is you're going to float your tequila on top. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the original of this drink adds either vodka or rum. Mm-hmm. Those are also both clear liquors. You could use those and just put the tea in that instead and infuse right. those and make them blue. It's totally fine. Any clear liquor you want. Mm-hmm. I just happen to really like tequila. So, <laughs> so, um, you're going to float your tequila or liquor of your choice that's been infused with the tea on top. And then you're going to add your lime juice. And when you add your lime juice, that tequila is going to change color. It's going to change from blue to purple to pink if it lasts that long. Fair. Right. Um, and then you can, I mean, you can, you know, if you want to mix it all together. Um, you know, it would be much less pretty. But, uh, or you could just, you know, sip it as is, but it's going to look, it's going to look real cool while you're making it. And it just reminds me a lot of the machine in which Frank creates Rocky, mm-hmm. right? Because he starts putting all of those like different, you know, chemicals in and they're really it's just food coloring and and it just like makes it the tank a rainbow right yeah so yeah the creature creator it is the gayest drink we've made so far oh yeah (laughs) by a lot Mm -hmm. but it's also a great party trick yeah um if you want another great gay alcohol base party trick wow that could go a lot of different ways <laughs> look up rainbow shot mm-hmm. because you essentially do the same thing minus the tequila right that was like my addition but you do it into a shaker and you add lots of ice and then you pour it in sh- into like successive shot glasses and as it goes into each shot glass each shot is a different color yep because of the way 
the like different densities of the liquids cause them to pour out. Mm-hmm. It is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I've never tried it. We'll have to do that. I feel like I would make a colossal mess. Well, yeah. I mean, I make a colossal mess trying to pour one shocktail into one glass. It's true. I've seen it. <laughs> it's usually in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, same. <laughs> the plot of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. such as it is. <laughs> The plot of the Rocky Horror Picture Show is not really the point, but (laughs) it is based on uh, the B-movie era. Yes. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. pretty heavily. Like, the horror and sci-fi movies of, like, the 40s through the 60s. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that went, you know, straight to drive-ins. Right. Right. Or straight mm-hmm. to grindhouses. Like, not, you know, not sort of, I mean, not A-list movies, right? B-movies. Right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty there. It's like, it's right there in the name. Richard O'Brien loved these movies. Um, and these movies are often absolutely ridiculous and nonsensical. Mm-hmm. I just... Beg of you all to watch this island earth. <laughs> the silent earth? This island earth. Oh, this island earth. Mm-hmm. I've actually not even heard of this. The Metaluma Mutant? You ever hear of that? Nope. So, uh, so if you want to really enjoy watching this movie, I mean, by itself, it's a delight. But mm-hmm. if you really want to enjoy it, watch the... Watch Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm-hmm. the movie. Okay. In that, the movie they're doing is This Islander. Got it. Okay. Which I have only watched a very little bit of Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm-hmm. and have not watched the movie. I see. And okay. pretty much specifically, and I know it, they don't really link together necessarily, but I want to watch the show first. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm assuming. I, the show came first. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew the show came first, but I didn't know if there were, I didn't, I'm like, I have a thing about like watching things in order from when they're released. Right. Well, I so. mean, there is, there is a little bit of a, I mean, there's a little bit of a plot to Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. Like in the sort of surrounding scenes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joel changes the mic and, you know, so there is sort of a. Right. There is kind of a story arc. Okay. Fair enough. Well, there we go. So like, you know, I can see watching it. It's just a matter if you're going to be able to find them all. Right. That's That would be the issue. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever you can find. I mean, they're all hilarious. Um, if you decide to do that, let me know when you get to Soul Catcher. Okay. Because that might be my favorite Mystery Science Theater of all time. Fair. All right. Game on. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash. Uh, uh, but anyway Richard O'Brien loved those movies he loved how ridiculous they were he loved how melodramatic they they were he loved how colorful they were mm-hmm. when they were in color right they were often in black and white mm-hmm. but every so often you got this really gorgeous technicolor B movie mm-hmm. 
when the studio decided to actually spend enough money to do Technicolor on Yes. Um, or somebody colored it after the fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that also happened. But uh, so he wrote the plot of his musical sort of as a loving spoof mm-hmm. of the B-movie. And it centers on Brad Majors and Janet Weiss, played by uh, Barry Bodswick mm-hmm. and Susan Sarandon as fetuses. Yes. <laughs> they are fucking so young. Infants. They're like twenty one yeah. years old. Like they're just mm-hmm. babies. Mm-hmm. Um They are sweethearts who are at the wedding of some friends mm-hmm. and decide after this wedding that they are also going to become engaged. Mm-hmm. Brad was carrying around the ring, so obviously, you know, he'd been thinking about it for a while. For a little bit, you know. And what better way to do it than at a friend's wedding? Um, Yeah, a little weird. That sounds... Don't do that, folks. Don't do it. Bad idea. Um, One second. Anyway. (laughs) They immediately decide not to, like, go home and, like, see their families and tell them, but that they're going to drive and see their old uh, science teacher. Yes. Yeah, what? <laughs> Their old professor, because they met in his class. Right. So like cute. that that makes sense. It's cute. cute. It's cute, but like one would think you would go home first. You and, would like, think. Tell your mom, but yeah, because at least Janet has parents. Like right. I mean, Brad only mentions his parents sort of. Brad only mentions his mother like metaphorically during Rose Tint My World, but. When he's like, help me, mommy. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, during Damage in it, she specifically refers to her parents. So like, they have parents. But the professor's got to know first. He's got to know. He's got to know. He's got to know. And they got to go Gotta thank him. Yep. So, uh, they start down the road to go see Dr. Scott. That's his name. Mm-hmm. And they get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. And they do, as so many in old B-movies do, decide to go inquire about a phone at the castle. <laughs> That's on the side of the road. Yeah, you know, this you know. the neighborhood castle. That's like in Pennsylvania or whatever. Like, if they don't say where it's supposed to be. For some reason, it reads as Pennsylvania to me. <laughs> it, that tracks. Hmm? Yeah, that, that feels right. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It's definitely got a, a Midwest, East Coast feel. Yeah, like, I don't think it's supposed to be, like, California. No. And, uh... Definitely more of an East Coast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our side of the... Our mm-hmm. side of the Mississippi, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um... So they go and they knock on the door. Mm-hmm. After singing... God, it's hard to pick a favorite, but, like... It is a beautiful song. I mean, There's a Light is is probably like my top three Mm -hmm. songs in the musical. Yeah. Like, I think my top three songs are Sweet Transvestite, Rose Tint My World, and There's a Light. I'll have to get back to you on my favorites. I know, it's hard. It's really hard. hard to choose. They're all so great. 
so they knock on the door and they meet Riff Raff, mm-hmm. the sort of handyman, butler, you know, manservant of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is played by Richard O'Brien, who, of course, created and wrote the musical. Right. Uh, he immediately creeps them out. Because he is creepy. Because he's creepy. <laughs> like, what's funny is that everyone else is sort of fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then Riff Raff is just plain creepy. <laughs> like, he's not in, in sequence or in, like, you know. But yeah, even Magenta. Like, her, her, her makeup is... She's definitely not, like, dressed up as much as everybody else. But, like, mm-hmm. her makeup is very, like, glam. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, mm-hmm. everyone else is either, like, in sequence or in, like, crazy makeup. <laughs> Riff Raff is just, like, pale face, stringy hair. Yep. <laughs> like, just... Pale face, stringy hair, humpback. Like... Yeah. Just, like, plain old creepy. Yep. Um... Hunchback. Not humpback. <laughs> it's not a whale. <laughs> Let's do the time. It's just a joke. Okay, we're gonna stop. We can't, we can't, we can't do that anymore. Yep. Pretty sure it's still illegal, first of all, and like it must be really annoying. <laughs> but we think it's hilarious. You're welcome. What are we watching? Elvira. Elvira. Okay. So yes, yeah, so we are introduced to Riff Raff and then we're introduced to Magenta. And they immediately start singing at them. Yes. And pull them into the party that they have going on. Mm-hmm. Where they sing the time warp. Where they sing the time warp. Which is, that That truly is the most well-known song of the... Oh, it's absolutely of, the most well-known. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's it's the most fun because like, mm-hmm. you get to dance along. Right. Um, and fun fact, yeah. was not in the musical. So it was in some production of the musical. It was not like originally in the musical. Right. It was, it not, was added later. Yes. Yeah. Well, because like, if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's just, it's just there. Like every other song, every other song in the musical are, are like, they're rock songs, but they're, they are sort of traditional musical songs in that they advance the plot. Right. This is not. And the time warp just stops the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the time warp. <laughs> no. Nope. This movie is all about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like. You know, as wacky as it is, and I mean, and the fact, of course, that like the drag queen character is the villain, but if you look at that group of people, it's pretty diverse. Oh, yeah. For like just a random crowd of people in a movie in 1975. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are people, there's like, you know, a little person. Mm -hmm. There are people of all body shapes and sizes. Mm Mm-hmm. There are people of all races, like, and they're all sort of androgynous. Yeah. Right? Like, it's hard to tell really, like, I mean, you can for some of them, but like some of them, it's hard to tell if they're like, you know, what exactly their gender expression is or Mm -hmm. if they're sort of non-binary or fluid or something. But like, 
Right. I mean, this was before we had words for those things. Yes. In like the way sort of, before. <laughs> in sort of the, at least in the like larger cultural lexicon, right? Like mm-hmm. they might have begun to have been emerging in like the the queer community and maybe in like academia, but like not not in like everyday usage. No, like, not at all. Like we did not have words for the things that were being portrayed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Probably picked that up. And they're having a great time. They're eating donuts. <laughs> uh, Brad kind of enjoys the dance. Janet is pretty yeah. creeped out by the whole thing. Yep. At the end of it, she wants to leave. And, and Brad is actually trying. You know, I mean, this is, you know, straight white man in 1975. He's trying to be like, you know, respectful in some weird way. He's like, oh, they're probably, this is just their way and they're going to do more folk dancing. Like he's trying to like, put this weird <laughs> academic spin on it. Like he's some kind of anthropologist, which is hilarious because that's like not what he is. He's a scientist. <laughs> he's like a physicist. I'm like, my, my thing that threw me was just like folk dancing. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's what folk dancing looks like? Uh, all right. But it's so funny because that's like your first clue that they're aliens. Right. Yeah. Yep. Right. That they're like not just weirdos. Mm-hmm. That they're actual aliens. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> my favorite line in the movie. Did we talk about this last time? My favorite line in the movie is when Dr. Scott is outside <laughs> and Riffraff go and uh, Brad goes, that's Dr. Scott. <laughs> and Riffraff goes, you know this earthling? Frank and Freddy just takes his whip and like <laughs> like goes uh, with the handle like uh. and River goes this person <laughs> Columbia so during the whole time warp song and dance mm-hmm. we are also introduced to Columbia yes who also lived in the house although her role is not immediately made clear I'm not sure her role is ever really made clear. I don't. She's just one of Frank's playthings. Like yeah, she's, she's there to dance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's there to dance and to sing, and why not? <laughs> I love Columbia. I um, do too. Yes, <laughs> she's character. such a great character. I know. <laughs> she's also got a great entrance. Mm-hmm. Where are they just like because you don't see her. Like, she's not dancing with the crowd. Nope. And then suddenly they turn around and there she is, like, on sitting jukebox. on a jukebox yeah. in a sequence suit. Like, right. you're just like, oh, no. Yeah, she's she fucking kills it. And her fucking voice is just so good. I know. <laughs> but it's also oh. so funny. <laughs> right, right. You walking down the street just to have it. I can't do that. Can you? <laughs> See, this is my problem. Okay. <laughs> it's the problem we're gonna ha- we're having with this episode. We're having with this episode because it's like an hour and a half ago already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> love her (laughs) i bet she thought of that shot herself probably (laughs) like i don't i love how quickly the the fucking gas is just like pouring out behind him and he doesn't notice at all burn baby burn Boop. 
After the song ends, they're arguing whether or not they're going to leave. At which point we have, like I said, among the greatest entrances in cinematic history. Ever. Like, ever. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry, who has not been seen. Well, I mean, he's only been seen as the pastor at the wedding. Right. But, like, not in makeup. Mm-hmm. Is standing with his back facing the camera. And there's, like, this beat going. And he's, like, clicking his heel to the beat. So, mm-hmm. like, you see the shoes first. Right. You see the shoes he's wearing. Mm-hmm. And... So, you see those, like incredible heels before you know it's a man who's wearing them yep right you see the shoes first Mm -hmm. uh he turns around and starts singing at them janet faints janet's been fainting all night (laughs) yeah she faints quite a bit she faints a lot (laughs) but again that's another reference to those b movies because like the the sort of like um you know, withering damsel in distress mm-hmm. character would always sort of like just keel over at the slightest. And it's like, do people really faint that much back then? The only thing better than Frankenfurter's entrance is the reveal of his outfit. Oh, yeah. Him walking down the center of the room mm-hmm. and just throws off the cape. Mm-hmm. Ugh. To reveal that he is wearing a corset mm-hmm. and fishnet stockings mm-hmm. and like hot pants. Yep. I think the reveal of Frankenfurter's outfit is the most famous moment in the movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think... I think that if you were... If you see, like, you know... If somebody's using a clip of this for, like, a documentary or, like, a, a ad on TV for the midnight showing or something, mm-hmm. it's that. Yep. That's what you see. Mm-hmm. And again, because he is just so magnetic in that role. Yep. It's like, he's all anyone remembers. Mm -hmm. And this movie's full of stars. Yeah. (laughs) It's got Susan Sarandon in it. Right. But at the time, they weren't. Yeah, that's true. No one in this movie were, none of them were famous Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. But this jump started like all of their careers. Yeah, star maker. Susan Susan Sarandon was a bit, was a bit well known. She did star in a couple of movies before this. Yeah, I mean, she was, you know. Yeah. They weren't huge, but they were, but she was a lead actress before. Right, right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so he sings Sweet Transvestite. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm. The best. The best. I love that song. Uh, during which time he invites them to stay the night, mm-hmm. which they do not want to do. No. And like, that's not what they're asking for. No. They, they wanted them. a phone. <laughs> they just wanted to make a phone call. And he's just like, nope. Uh, you're my prisoners now. Yes. (laughs) Because that was, that was another trope in these like B horror movies and sci-fi movies is that you would just happen to stumble upon the lair of an evil genius. Like they were just like peppered throughout the countryside. (laughs) Like the weirdest thing. Like, like, no, you know, you're going to find like probably a farmer. (laughs) Right. Yes. Probably not making a person. Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, I mean, you never know. Never know what you're going to find. Obviously, Frankenfurter's name is is both like a pun, because like Frankenfurter, but also 
a play on Frankenstein. Yes. And he is, in fact, creating a creature. Mm -hmm. So, like, his very specific storyline, it's really the only... Well, I mean, I guess if you really... I mean, I guess you could... uh... I guess you could argue about, like, queer undertones in Frankenstein. and (laughs) But, you know. Yeah. But, in general, it's the only similarity between the story of Frankenstein and the character of Frankenstein. Yes. <laughs> There's not really any other crossover. No. The the creature doesn't even kill him. Nope. The creature tries to save him. So mm-hmm. like completely different. Um but he's making himself a sex toy, essentially. Yeah, that's really what it that's comes what down he, to. That's what he yeah. wants. Mm-hmm. Um so he invites them up to come see it. When they get up there, he is wearing a hospital gown with a pink triangle on it. <laughs> and they find that the reason that all these people are here is because he has succeeded in creating this sex toy. Mm-hmm. And he is showing it off, right? This is like a... It's a convention. Yeah. Of, of scientists. Mm-hmm. Of these, like, alien scientists where he was... I mean, I guess, I guess not all the partygoers might have been aliens, but you kind of get to feel that they're all from the same place yeah you kind of imagine that's that's yeah. kind of how they that they imply that right like that's how they all know each other right um but and as we mentioned before during the shock tail hour he like pours all of these different quote-unquote chemicals that turn the water in the tank ra- into a rainbow right and then Rocky rises. Mm-hmm. And they unwrap him. He's wrapped up like a mummy. Money? He's wrapped up like a mummy. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> money? What the fuck? Um, <laughs> and he... And he is, you know, he's blonde, he's tan, he's pretty, Mm -hmm. and he's muscly. Yes. Like bodybuilder muscly. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is what Frank wants. He makes him that way. He made him his dream man. He he made him that way and then gave him a set of weights so he could get even more muscly. Yep. And starts singing. Oh, so Rocky immediately starts singing a song about how he's been like thrust into existence. Mm Mm-hmm. All, all running away from, from right <laughs> fully formed and into this bizarre environment that he has no idea what's going on right and how like he has a very bad feeling about all of this yep <laughs> but at the end of that again this is 1975 at the end of that they start playing a wedding recessional yep and they refer to frank's bedroom as his somber bridal suite right <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's crazy. This is not something anybody had seen before. Right. Outside of like San Francisco or the village. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, but while they're all singing, first Rocky sings about like how scared he is to have just been awakened like this. Frank kinds of kind of soothes him. 
and sings a song about his accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? And I'll make you a man. And then you hear a motorcycle revving. Yep. <laughs> you get what is possibly the most random scene in the movie next to the, like, insertion of the time warp. Right. <laughs> it's just like, this song has nothing to do with this scene. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. At all. Nope. But... But, but it's great. It's such a great song. Ah, it is. see, I love that song too. Fine. Yeah, I know it is a really good one. But the thing is, is that while that song doesn't really have anything to do with the plot of the movie, like at least Eddie but, is an important character. No, the action of the scene yes. is very important for the plot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really the enti- it's the turn of the plot. Right. Right. When this mm-hmm. happens, uh, you know it things begin to escalate very quickly after mm-hmm. this happens. So you hear a motorcycle rumbling and through the wall out of the, well, I guess it's a wall of ice in the deep freeze because he's in the deep freeze. Yep. So through the wall comes riding meatloaf. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just like, Hey, it's meatloaf. <laughs> um, and he sings this great song and you mm-hmm. kind of get the feeling that he and, Columbia were a thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then Frank kills him. Yep. Now, he already had a big gash in his head. Right. Right. And you learn why he has that later. Mm-hmm. But Frank kills him with a pickaxe. And then manages to convince Rocky that, like, it was a mercy killing and, like, you know. Right. Nothing bad is going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. Because he's perfect. Right. And Eddie wasn't. Because he started with a human, with Eddie. Mm-hmm. Like, Eddie was already a person, and he tried to make him into his, like, sex slave. Right. Whereas with Rocky, he, like, created him from scratch. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm remembering correctly, half of Eddie's brain. Yeah, that's why the gash is in his head. Yeah, is he used half of Eddie's brain to make Rocky. Right, yeah, because, like, Frank liked Daddy. Mm-hmm. They also had a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Eddie looks like Meatloaf. Right. And Frank wanted a muscle man. Well, and, and Meatloaf, Eddie, um, wanted Magenta. Or... Columbia. Columbia. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was the thing. He was, he was trying to, like... You get the feeling that the original, especially given like how he reacts to Rocky and Janet. Right. That the original sort of reason that he put Eddie in the deep freeze was jealousy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because like male, female or otherwise, he Mm -hmm. wants everyone to be in love with him. Mm -hmm. And like they can't be in love with with each other. Right. Like that's just no. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if he's still getting what he wants in every other way. Right. Is like, no, everybody has to love him mm-hmm. because he's a narcissist. Um, <laughs> like big time. Mm-hmm. Like intergalactic nar- narcissist. <laughs> um, so he kills Eddie. And everything kind of calms down. And everybody goes to bed. He has Rocky chained to his bed. Janet and Brad are led to separate rooms. Mm-hmm. 
which is okay because they are good old-fashioned kids. Right. And they haven't slept together. Mm-hmm. However, somehow, somehow Frank manages to, like, get their voices. He has some sort of, like, little machine that can make his voice sound like their voices. I don't know. It's never it's, explained. It I was going to say, I'm like, it's never, yeah, they just, he just talks like them. Right. It's just, he fools, he fools Janet into thinking that he is Brad mm-hmm. for like a split second. And then when she realizes it's him, mm-hmm. at first she resists and then he seduces her. Yes. He really just sort of like talks her into it. Like it's not, it's yeah. not even really a seduction. It's just like, but why not? And she's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like he didn't have to try very hard. would you want brad to see you like this like this like how (laughs) you won't tell brad (laughs) so and this is all in silhouette right because they have like there's a like a sheerish bed curtain around the bed so you just see their shadows Mm -hmm. then immediately after that scene Mm -hmm. Uh, well, actually, in between the two scenes, you have Riff Raff and Magenta, who are clearly up, no, up to no good. Yes. Actually, free Rocky. Mm-hmm. But don't just free him, like, chase him away. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, their, their end game plan, they're already, they're already done with this. Yes. They're like, no. We're, we're ending this now. Mm-hmm. So, they let Rocky get out, and... Yeah, I know we keep saying your name. We keep saying your name. Sean's dog name name is Rocky, which you probably know. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. we keep saying the word Rocky, and he's like, huh? What? Me? Yeah, it's you, you little <laughs> muscle man. Anyway. Um, where was I? Oh, Rocky getting away. So Rocky's escaped. And even though they let him go, Magenta and Riff Raff, like, send the dogs after him, right? hmm In the meantime, Frank has left Janet's bed and gone to Brad's bed. Now, I understand how he could have fooled Janet for, like, yes. a split second. For a split second, yeah. Because, you know... In this movie, Tim Curry, Barry Botswick, like, they're of a size. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Barry Botswick is taller, but, like, if he's laying down, would you notice that right away? No. How the fuck (laughs) would you put your arms around Tim Curry and think it was Susan Sarandon? I mean, it just makes sense. He's, like, half again as wide as she is. Yes. Like, he's... (laughs) (laughs) Like, Brad knew exactly who it was. Yeah. But Brad was into it. But Brad was into it. In fact, like, I feel like the... I feel Brad puts up even less resistance than... Mm, Janet did. I don't know. I feel like that's... I feel like it's very similar. It's very similar. Like, they mirror each other. Yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like he's... Considering the situation, I feel like he put up less resistance. He put up less resistance, right? And, like... But anyway, while they're fooling around, uh, Riff Raff interrupts with a message saying that Rocky's gotten out. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank says, coming. And <laughs> puts his head between Brad's legs. Yep. Which, like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. You don't get that many scenes like that now. No. From the 70s? Like, that was not at all a norm. Not at all. Right. Well, I mean, outside of a certain kind of movie. Right. Right. So now, Frank has slept with both Janet and Brad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We know for a fact that Janet was a virgin because she says it during the next song. Yes. We don't really know if Brad was a virgin. It's kind of implied. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just kind of implied. It's not not for certain. But like he hasn't had sex with Janet cuz obviously she's a virgin. So clearly. But uh Janet after realizing what she's done feels guilty and ashamed. Mhm. And goes to look for Brad. Ends up in the lab again. And she finds Rocky, who is hiding in his little tank. But not before she looks at the video screen and oh, that's sees... Right. That is before she finds him. Right. Yeah. She So she goes to find Brad. She sees the video screen in the lab, which is uh, feed into Brad's bedroom. And so mm-hmm. she sees Brad and Frank in bed together. Yes. And then she's like, oh, how could you? Oh, right. I'm like, ma'am. Even though like five minutes before she was like, how could I? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, well, clearly. Right. They both could. Right. Like, do you have a right to be mad? Right. I don't know. No. Um, and then she goes, like, she slept with two people. <laughs> yep. She's like, bet. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh, I see we're having fun tonight. Well, okay, I'll go have some fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's at that point that she finds Rocky. Yes. Yep. Hiding in his tank. Mm-hmm. Um, And sings another fucking great song. Oh, yeah. Where she then seduces Rocky, mm-hmm. who has obviously never had sex before because he's like, you know, was created like 15 minutes before. Right. Um, and Magenta and Columbia are watching mm-hmm. on their video screen. Like the whole right. the whole house has cameras all the way through it. Yep. Brad and Frank and Riff Raff uh, enter the lab. And Frank is wearing a leather jacket that is absolutely covered in pins. Mm. I cannot tell you how much I love that jacket. Oh, I want it. Like, I need a recreation. For sure. And I, I think I've actually seen one, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. No. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, you would need the pins, like the yeah. individual pins. Yeah. Right. Which would be hard to do. Yeah. But <laughs> remember during the Lost Boys episode where we were talking about how I love Lost Boys and I loved Return of the Living Dead. And I said, if you give me somebody, if you give me people in leather and a bitch in soundtrack, I'll be happy. Hi. Exhibit here, C. <laughs> Here we are. Mm-hmm. Pattern is recognized. So 
So they're trying to figure out how to find Rocky. He, of course, is hiding with Janet in the tank. Because mm-hmm. that's also where they had sex, which is, like, some kind of, like, metaphor, I'm sure. But... <laughs> I'm sure it's supposed to be a metaphor. I don't know. Um, when the doorbell rings... Oh, yeah. I'm talking while I'm yawning. It's fine. That's professional. <clears throat> When the doorbell rings, and who is there but Dr. Scott? Which is another B-movie trope. So, like, the insane coincidences. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you just happen to stumble upon this, like, crazy castle in Mm -hmm. the woods. That's, like, nowhere that a castle that looks like this would be. Right. Fall into this, like, evil scientist or vampire or whatever right like whatever Mm -hmm. the monster is you fall into its lair Mm -hmm. and then someone you know also happens to show up yep like who you happen to be going to their house to like right like you already brought them up earlier in the movie and now they're actually here right like you had this whole you had a whole verse and a song about them right um (laughs) but the thing is dr scott Nope. The thing is, Dr. Scott works for the government, and he is a known entity to Frank, who sees him as a threat. So now he's mad, as if he wasn't before, because he thinks that Brad and Janet are there as spies. Yes. Even though they are literally the two most clueless people on the planet. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Or where they are, or what's happening, or anything. hmm <laughs> So... They let him into the house. And then Frank and the Furter decides he wants to talk to him. So he turns on a giant ma- magnet that drags Dr. Scott's wheelchair through the house. Just throughout the entire house, just in a random pattern. It's just... My favorite thing is when he goes around, he goes into Magenta and Columbia's room and goes like around their, their like couch for a second. And they're just like, what the fuck? And then he's gone and they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yep. like, this is what living in this house is like. Yep, this is fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, and then he comes crashing through the wall and gets stuck to the magnet. Yep. And he and Frank have this confrontation because mm-hmm. he is also knows a Frankenfurter and he knows that he's an alien. Or he at least has his suspicions that he's an alien. Yes. Yep. And not only that, but then he also reveals that Eddie Mm -hmm. is his nephew. Right. The reason he has come is not actually on any kind of government business, but simply to get Eddie. Mm -hmm. Because he got a disturbing note from him saying that he feared for his life. Mm -hmm. And obviously he was right to, but unfortunately... Uncle Dr. Scott is too late. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point that they discover Janet and Rocky in the tank and mm-hmm. have the the great exchange of <laughs> Brad, Janet, Rocky, Dr. Scott, Janet, Rocky. Um So now Frank is really pissed. Mm-hmm. Like, this was supposed to be his night. He's supposed to be, like, 
you know, basking in the ecstasy of his creation at this point. Mm -hmm. And these two little squares showed up and they've ruined everything. And like Rocky seems to like Susan Sarandon more than he likes Frank. Susan Sarandon. Rocky seems to like (laughs) Janet more than he likes Frank. And so he's jealous and like. Now this guy's here, Dr. Scott, and he had to kill Eddie, and he's, like, you know, looking into it, and it's all a big mess. So he essentially throws a tantrum, mm-hmm. but it's like, we're going to have dinner now. Formal dress is not required, and he makes, <laughs> like, half of them go in their underwear. <laughs> That's how I eat dinner sometimes. So. I mean... <laughs> you're your own home right and then throws the quickest birthday party in existence right doesn't even get all the way through half the birthday <laughs> he's like and we're done and we're done because i'm pouting mm-hmm. he serves them like this strange looking meat <laughs> and they have this whole conversation about eddie and dr scout outright accuses them of being aliens yep right um (laughs) my favorite part of this scene is when they're all eating and like frank implies that they're eating eddie Uh uh-huh and everyone gets it and like stops eating and looks like they're going to be sick, except mm-hmm. for Rocky, who it goes right over his head, and he oh, just, yeah. like, keeps happily eating. Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck yeah, food. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm hungry. He's like, he's he is learning all of the carnal pleasures tonight. Like, he's yep. had a good meal. He's had sex. He's like, he is on this planet <laughs> as a flesh and blood human. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Um But when, when they are singing a song about Eddie mm-hmm. after he is implied that they're eating Eddie and so like they infer from that that Eddie's dead, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he pulls the tablecloth off the table and it's like this glass coffin that Eddie is in mm-hmm. and you see that he's been like butchered essentially, yep. right? Like harvested mm-hmm. and everybody screams. Because of course they do. Now, I don't know this, if this is true or if this is lore. But I did read once that Curry knew that that dummy was in there. And O'Brien knew that that dummy was in there. And Patricia Wheeler knew that dummy was in there. Mm-hmm. But no one else did. Yep. I've also I've also read that before. So when they pull that... Uh, cloth off and like do the reveal at least the initial reaction is their genuine reaction to seeing that and like being startled Mm -hmm. Uh, Janet runs to Rocky which really pisses Frank off and now we're in like the now they're in big trouble and they also know that he's a murderer and a cannibal Mm -hmm. and an alien so like things are as things are going downhill fast And there's this whole chase scene in this song, and then he gets them back to their lab, and he turns on something called a Medusa machine, and he turns them all into statues. Yep. 
which is hilarious. And then he's like, it's time for the floor show. <laughs> and he dresses up all of the statues and he puts them on a, uh, on a stage that's somewhere in the mansion. And they, he turns them back to human one by one and they sing Rose Tint My World, which again, probably top three. Yeah, it is a really, really good song. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's having a grand old time when Riff Raff and Magenta burst in. Mm-hmm. And they are dressed differently now. Yes. And they have their hair different. Mm-hmm. Riff Raff looks much less creepy and much younger Right, mm-hmm. like that his whole, like, persona was like a disguise, sort of, right? Right. Um, and Magenta has Bride of Frankenstein hair. Yep. Because of course she does. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riff Raff explains through song that Frankenfurter's mission has been declared a failure and that they're essentially staging a mutiny, mm-hmm. but like a spaceship mutiny. Right. Kind of spaceship mansion mm-hmm. uh and they're taking him prisoner right and they're going back home yes he, they say we're returning to transylvania mm-hmm. and frankenfurter's like oh okay well i'm prisoner but i'm going home right he sings a whole song about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're like oh that's cute uh, no 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 <laughs> You're dying. Yeah. We are going home. Uh-huh. You're being executed. Like, now. Yeah. Right here, right now. See this ray gun? This is this is going to be used towards you. They have a ray gun. Yeah. <laughs> and and I have to say, too, like, I love that, um, like, you, like how you mentioned, like, Magenta has the, the Bride of Frankenstein hair. Mm-hmm. Their outfits are, like, a stereotypical alien outfit. Oh, yeah, like Alien or or even like Astronauts. Like yes. just any kind of, again, those B-movies, mm-hmm. like the sci-fi ones where like that's the kind of shit they just wrap people yep. in tinfoil, essentially. And, you mm-hmm. know, like that's what they were wearing as like future clothes, which is hilarious because a lot of those movies were set like now. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, we still just wear clothes. I mean, cotton, denim, yep. Same. polyester. <laughs> Same. Same as before. Right. I mean, there was that there was that trend in the early two thousands where everybody was wearing metallic clothes, but yeah, probably true. would have fit in then. So, yeah. and they end up killing Columbia, mm-hmm. Frank, and Rocky, mm-hmm. and then they apologize to the humans, and it's like you were fully involved in all of this. Yep, you could have just had said, you know what, you maybe... could have done this. Earlier in the night. Yeah. Before people died. Uh-huh. No, no. You could have uh, just been like, you know what? Maybe maybe just don't come in. That's true. You could have turned him away. Like, we don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Get away. Sorry. Sorry. House up the road. Go there. Right? And he warns them. He, he admits that they are, in fact, aliens. Mm-hmm. I mean, after what they've just seen. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> people don't mm-hmm. generally have ray guns. No. Um... <laughs> and uh, warn them to get out of the house mm-hmm. because 
the whole house is a spaceship and they're going to beam it back up yep. to their planet. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. You see Brad and Janet carrying Dr. Scott out, right? Because he has a wheelchair that he's now lost. So. Right. They're sort of like carrying him out. And then the house disappears and they like collapse on the ground and you get the, a little bit of an epilogue from the narrator. Mm-hmm. There is a narrator. I guess we should say that. So there's a narrator throughout the film who, like, pops in. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's supposed to be, like, a criminologist. Because, obviously, they all went to the police immediately after this. Right. Although, I'm not (laughs) sure why. Because, like, they saw the house disappear. Yeah. It's like, what do you think the cops are going to do? Where's your proof? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it literally went poof. Yep. Goodbye. Proof went poof. (laughs) Um, But that's the end of the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. we 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 don't learn if... Brad and Janet stay together. Like we mm-hmm. don't have any kind of like, you know, if if Dr. Scott survives his injuries, because like he looks like he's in pretty bad shape after yeah. the house like goes away. Um I should mention too that um depending on the version of the movie the movie version that you're watching. Oh, okay. Um between the US version and the UK version. Uh-huh. The UK version, um, there is an extra song here called oh, really? superheroes is if i'm not mistaken what it's called so when when you see them laying on the ground kind of like crawling in a circle that is the very end of that song oh i see yeah okay so um which of course like if you're watching it on like a streaming service it's generally going to be the u.s version right but if you have it on dvd or blu-ray they all the versions that i've seen have both okay so you can pick between the two i wonder if i have it on blu-ray i might have it on blu-ray I have it. I know I have it on DVD. I don't think I ever bought it on Blu-ray, um, but the DVD version that I have has both. I have the soundtrack on vinyl, and the vinyl has a giant picture, like of Tim Curry's face on it. Like the al- like the the vinyl record itself. The record itself. Oh. Has a picture of Curry on it. Because I I have the of course I mean. Of course. of course, we both have the fucking soundtrack to of the course. movie because hi, hi on here. Yes, <laughs> but I have brand. I have my mom's copy of it. Oh, cool! So it's an old one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and in a really fucking good condition. So yeah, this one I think it's like the 25th anniversary edition or something. Yeah. I actually that bought sounds... it at Lisa and Davy's store. So oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I'll have to see it because that sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll have to remember to bring it over sometime mm-hmm. and show you. I'm not sure I've ever actually played it. You're like, I own this. Yeah. That's good enough. Most important part. Yep. <laughs> you know, books, finals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Movies for you. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. Sometimes you just want to own the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, dum Oh, there is one little last factoid that I want to throw in. Mm-hmm. And that is, like so many of the films we talk about, the set here was hell. Yep. Like, the house they used was called Oakley Court. And it was actually a house that was used in a lot of old Hammer horror films, which is why they picked it. But, like, by the time they made Rocky Horror, it was in really, really bad condition. Yep. So, like, there wasn't really any heat. Mm-hmm. Or there wasn't... The heat didn't work very well or it kept cutting out, right? Like, it just... It, it wasn't a comfortable set. Mm-hmm. Like, physically comfortable. Yeah, I can believe that. And then they're all running around in their underwear all the time. Mm -hmm. And soaking wet most of the time. Yes. Like, 
Brad and Janet are out in the rain. Mm-hmm. So like those two are soaked when they come in. And then at the end of the movie, they all jump in a pool. Yep. Right. Uh, so Susan Sarandon got pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> she got very sick. Mm-hmm. And she had pneumonia through most of the recording. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. It's like, are you really a, a sort of sp- spooky movie of some kind from the seventies or the like early eighties if you didn't like seriously injure yep. one of, or, or sicken one of your actors? No. It's a requirement. I mean, it's got to be. So, folks, that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, of course, join us next week where we will be discussing Donnie Darko. Sean's favorite movie. Of all time. (laughs) I'm very excited. Mm -hmm. I'm so pumped. I'm excited, too. I I haven't watched that movie in a very long time. Um. It, it's a good one to go back to. Right. I, I feel like... I feel like I'm a much different person now than the first time I watched it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, like it was years and years ago. Like, mm-hmm. probably around the time it came out. Yeah. So, like, I was much younger then. <laughs> <laughs> it hits different. It hits mm-hmm. different as an adult. Mm-hmm. It hits different any time that you are not a teenager anymore. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much when it starts. When did it come out? 2001. Okay. I was mm-hmm. a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> um, until then, of course, uh, you are welcome to like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We have our YouTube page, which you can find us by searching for Friday Night Frights Podcast. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Spotify. Um, we have our Instagram, F and Frights Podcast, and our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. Um, by the way, we are getting closer and closer to our hundred followers. <laughs> yes. And I just need Katie to get this tattoo. So just bringing it back, bringing it around. Um, go ahead and follow us on there. So, cause Katie <laughs> needs to get this tattoo. Um, <laughs> we have our Facebook, which you can find us at, uh, Friday night frights, our website, F and fright, po- F Jesus, our website, F and frights, mm-hmm. Any thoughts, feelings, emotions, opinions, things, feelings. I said feelings twice. Here we are. We have a lot of feelings. If you have a lot of feelings, <laughs> scream them at us. <laughs> scream at effinfrightspodcast.com. And then, of course, we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. Mm-hmm. And Katie? Yes, John. What is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is if you happen upon a castle, or really any structure, mm-hmm. in the woods... That says, explicitly enter if you dare on the outside. Mm-hmm. Go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go get back in the car. Try to find another house. Don't go to that one. Don't go to that one. This is a bad one. It says... It's trying to dare. tell you. Don't dare, folks. <laughs> Don't dare. Truth. <laughs> out. <laughs> Truth. Out. <of> it. <laughs> and so, gays and ghouls... Join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fight. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>